Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Live is presented by CarShield and also brought to you in part by ProWrestlingTees.com. T-shirts designed and sold by over 2,500 pro wrestlers. By Lenny Bakken, certified financial planner. By Powerbomb Pizza, pizza crafted and sold by pro wrestlers. Powerbomb Pizza, powered by Kitch Data. And by Woolworth Theater, the home of Nashville's first-of-its-kind show, Shiners. Visit StarCast.com for more information. The following podcast contains mature language and adult discussion. Click this, Kevin Nash podcast. So we come back a week two. We thought we'd come back, and here we are a week two. We're back, baby. There he is, the guy that you're all here to see, and you were here to see in huge numbers last week. Kevin. I don't know if you saw. Much everything. appreciated. Yeah, thank you so much, everyone. But uh, we were, of course, we were the number one wrestling podcast. I mean, you knew that was going to happen. We hit number four on all sports. Yeah, there you go. Number four on all sports. Um, oh, wait. I didn't even know this. On all podcasts, we were 51. I knew we were like 127 out of the number I was quoted was 3 million podcasts. But we were 51. Steve, bring that up again. We were 51 on all podcasts. Is this as of today, I guess? Number one wrestling, number four sports. The Brits are a little slow over there, apparently. You guys are going to have to get your shit together. Well, I'm going to be do- doing a little something about some meat pie later on. So, yeah, the 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 the, the delectable UK cuisine. It's gotten great. I mean, the last ten years I've been traveling over there, man. They really picked their game up. Is that true? Yeah, yeah. I know they do good curry. Right, that's the deal. Oh, uh, there's a place in in, in London that's by the uh, the theater district, Piccadilly. That's just Unbelievable, best best, best best Indian food in the world. Besides Amazing. India, fifty yeah number fifty one in the United States. So that means we beat a ton of podcasts and podcasts that you guys would know. For example, I think um, uh, this week in Australian rules football blew them out of the water. Oh, they didn't yes. have a shot. Um, overcoming dryness with Doctor Ruth Westheimer. I saw we we hurdled her. Um, I think, uh, what else do we have there? Uh, oral fixations in the Catholic Church destroyed them. They didn't have a shot. So uh, congratulations. I think they were, in their defense, I think they were actually running a repeat episode. Um, it, it, it is, it's, it's 400 repeats every year in, uh, <laughs> in every uh, um, parish. Um, you know, I should also say that, and I neglected to say this last week, but you had a birthday. Yes. That we did not acknowledge. Well, the reason we don't is because I, I figure at my age, 
wipes out the fucking Reaper that you got by him another season. So, right. Did you tell me on camera there were no 60 year old Nashes about 10 years ago? Yeah. 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 Well, and now it's just my brother. And, yeah. and you, and you. I mean, yeah, but I mean, my sister now. Right. So, my sister. So, oh, she, she'll be 60. So, so you're, you're proving them all wrong. Yeah. Tremendous. So we're, happy we're, birthday. I, I don't have anything planned. No, no stripper's going to kick your door down over there in Daytona and run in it. But actually in Daytona, you could probably stick your hat out the window and there's some uh, tattooed piece of trailer trash bouncing down the street there that you could invite in, you know. Yeah, but I don't live in that area. No, I know you don't. <laughs> I was so shocked the first time I went to Daytona. You hear Daytona, it's like, oh, okay, it's a destination. It's driving that. Holy shit. What's the, what's the street on the water there? Atlantic. Holy fuck. Kept my windows up. You did sign me to a nice steakhouse though. So shout out to the, uh, yeah, Hyde Park, the folks at Hyde Park. Um, yeah. So you, uh, you did turn 63. So, um, congratulations to that. We do have some feedback. Okay. You know, of course it's, it's, uh, everyone's very vocal today. As you know, anything you say is going to be commented on. So here's some of uh, some of what we got last week. Can't read them all, obviously. There were thousands. But D.H. said yesterday, I got a little emotional hearing real Kevin Nash talk about his best friend. The news of Scott's condition and eventual passing broke my heart. Can't imagine how much it hurt Big Kev. Great show, though. That was a, that was a nice tribute. Anyone who missed it, we did uh, a tribute to Scott Ball last week where it was just uh, Kevin's uh, memories, remembrances, stories, and uh, and we went pretty deep, didn't we, big guy? Yeah, we did. But I mean, I actually, you know, I watched it back, and I I, I could see that I I pulled, I pulled out, like I, you know, I did the uh, Tom Cruise Maverick. Nah, it's not right. Can't engage, and, and pulled out because I was starting to get, and I would it, I wouldn't have been able to finish if I had went much much longer. I was starting to get pretty emotional. Yeah, they just, say like at press conferences, like when you see like an athlete retire or whatever, best thing to do. When it starts to to wash over you, you just stop talking. Because then you sound you sound a little a little weird. You know, I just trying to I recover. Mean, yeah, it's just you know when I I just I could I just needed to to go someplace else and you know that, that's the beauty of Norm Macdonald. Anytime that you're you you start getting a little choked up, just think about God. Does that work for fucking too? Like if you, you know, if you, if you don't want to bring it home yet, um, you, you think a little norm? Always. Think about norm saying, no, don't do it, man. Don't be weak. Stay in there, kid. You know, they're going to play this on every show now. If you start crying. Yeah. Uh, who else reached out? Beverly D. Russell said, I was running around yesterday getting ready for work. Hashtag educator. And I was listening, but not as deeply as I wanted to episode one. So much truth, raw talk as I listened again. Hashtag he is all that. Hashtag respecting Scott's struggle. Back Foster reached out, but I'm just about 30 minutes in. And oh boy, there's going to be a lot of people crying about stick to wrestling and other BS like that. But brother, I'm glad that Kev's not scared to be himself to say what he means. FNA, thank you. That was the whole point of the show. This is you. It looked inside your mind. Well, I think that's what we wanted. I mean, we just wanted it to, you know, and, and like people are, you know, I, I read some of the comments are like, oh, you got to go to 33 point, you know, 15 to get by uh, where they talking about this and that. And it's just like, you know, so this week we're going to open up with uh, not, uh, 
1986 oh, Star Starcade opening match. <laughs> yeah, you poke the bear, guys. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I'm I'm digging the soft lighting. Though I want to say there's there's a there's a tone there's a rose tone to it. I feel like Seika might come in the room at any moment. Oh, showing so my like, age with that one. What was the last time you actually cra cracked open a swank? Swank Lake Show. Yeah, Lake swank swank was. Uh, I mean, that was just pure. The, you, you went to somebody's house and they had a swank. You didn't touch it. You didn't pick it up and browse through a swank because you knew that was nothing but a jack rag. No, I, I read Swank for the articles. Yeah. Yeah, you couldn't do that. No. You, you do have an argument if you talk about Playboy, though. There's a, there's, there was always a ton of great material on a Playboy. Yeah. And, 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 Way and too I, I, if you could, after the age of, of, of nine, if you could go home on a Playboy, you were in trouble. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I had to, I mean, I, I, was, I was in that penthouse era, you know, by then. And then, you know, Gallery made a push because they had the girl next door. Okay. And then, uh, of course, you know, I was never a hustler guy, though. I was, a, I was, I was a swank guy. I never got the penthouse letters deal. Do you know those little books? They the were they forums. Were, it was, it was text. It was all text. Was that for yeah. women? Maybe. What no. guys gonna sit there and and read? I used to read them because they'd always, you know, they'd, they'd be. I, I guess it'd be fucked up if you didn't get laid. Like if you read about guys getting getting laid and you weren't getting no action, be like, what the fuck? But I used to always love this one. I'm a normal size guy, 11 soft. Like, what? What are you, walking out of a cold lake? You know, 11 soft. How do you get 11 soft? 11 soft centimeters, motherfucker. But these things, they, these, they, was it was it the penthouse letters you said it was? It was or, penthouse forum. For, forum, right. Yeah, and it was, it was all text. I mean, yeah. so guys would be hammering and uh, like, with the comma and the semicolon, the whole deal. They're, they're reading. And that's a very, very visceral experience. My hat's off to anybody that decided to read text while they were pounding salt. I think what it was is while you took a dump, you read. And then go, And then when it's time, you know, because there's no reason. Like I always, when, when I was in my uh, masturbation prime, uh Including this afternoon. Yeah, I was going to say, including my 63rd birthday. No, um, I would always, you know, defecate, wipe, get up, wash my hands, sit back down. And then I used to, a lot of people won't get this reference, but I used to do what I called the Gaylord Perry. The pitcher. Yeah, the pitcher. And what a lot of guys would do is they'd get their, their lotion and then they'd, They'd put it on and they'd start, and then they'd go dry and have to go to it again. I was a gay like Gaylord Perry. I'd have Vaseline here, Vaseline here, Vaseline here, Vaseline on my leg. I'd be I'd be working it fucking just fucking right. just, go, just go into the pockets, man. Make sure Come the on. ump the ump doesn't pop out of the hamper and 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 get you for it. But you're like seven feet tall. You would sit back down on the bowl. Yeah. And lean back. Did you knock the fucking commode off the, off the back of the toilet? No, what you, what you have to do if you're, once you, once you go through the experience like two or three times in your life, you realize you've got to pick the top of the toilet off. Cause you're going to lay back in that fucking toilet fucking lid, that thing where the, it holds the water. 
You're going to knock that fucking thing. That's going to make noise. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. yeah. And the thing is, is like, there were like early, early, early in the masturbation, fucking, we had, you got to realize I grew up in an 800 square foot, one bedroom, one, I mean, one bathroom house. Eight. So fucking a 40 by 20 house. The bathroom was probably six by four. And you're, you're down there fucking like. You better be fast. You, but I never was. You just, just banging on the door. Heaven. I remember, I remember, uh, not to uh, be too graphic, but uh, when my son became of age and uh, his mom would come in and bang on his door in the bathroom, she'd go, what are you doing in there? And I'd say, well, in my career, it would be called starting over. <laughs> She'd be like, no. I'm like, yes, yes. Flattering impression of your wife there, too. Is this, well, you always got to get that. Wicked Witch of the East, a little bit of. No, white, she's, she's Southern. She, she's a sweetheart. Um. Listen, it almost doesn't matter what we plan to start the shows with. I'm starting to realize that just, <laughs> I should really write nothing is really what I should just do. All right. Let's uh, let's see. Well, who else? Who else weighed in? There's some worthy. Listen, it's not all going to be good stuff, Kevin, of course. Right. It's a, oh, no, some, I mean, some folks are going to be critical, like Travis Peters, who says, I just don't like the politics. That said, on the ad uh, that said on the ad free site, they said you can fast forward to the 33 minute mark and skip all that crap. So like that Travis will be, I don't know how you feel about masturbation, Travis. You may want to slide down past, past this as well. Or if, if that's okay, it's just the, uh, the proud boys. You don't want to talk. And, and like, I, like, and like I tell anybody that's, um, thinking about marrying a guy and it's, it's a, a female, it's, just, it's a friend of mine. She's like, you know, I don't know if I could trust him. I said, just ask him if he masturbates. If he says no, fucking dump the guy. Cause the line is a shit. Bail. Bail. Yeah. And the second thing is, um, my mom used to say that if everybody likes you, you're doing something fucking wrong. That's funny. To, I, I say that to people because I, I, I get a little, uh, I, if, if too many people like you, something's wrong. Right. And, and I, yeah. I use that exact saying. I say, if too many people like you, you didn't do anything important. Do you want so to be a funny? Fun, I, I don't, I mean, Realize it was, I didn't realize it was your mother. I should be attributing it to Mrs. Nash. Yeah, she was, she was, uh, I had some good wisdom in that house. My, let me tell you, Greg, uh, uh, real cliff notes of my, of my mother's life. So my mom has got, um, four brothers. Uh, I mean, she's got three brothers, a sister and herself. And, her mom and dad go to the store. They live in Paducah. They actually live in Ledbetter, Kentucky, but it's outside of Paducah. And the 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 my uh her her mother and father go to the store. The motherfuckers never come back. My uncle Jerry is in a crib. My uncle Wade is Maybe five. My my mom might be seven. My aunt Shirley's nine, and my uncle Glenn is probably like thirteen. My uncle Glenn kind of keeps shit running for a while. Finally, the truant officer fucking comes in because everybody's missing school and shit. They take the four of them away, but my my uncle uh, Glenn boogies. He, he bolts, goes goes and gets a job in Cleveland, living in the streets and shit. But uh, they took all of them to the orphanage, and then my mom ended up not getting adopted out of this uh, orphanage. 
And she ran away from the orphanage at 15 to my aunt's house in Detroit. And th- this fucking bitch uh, basically made my, my mom, who looked like uh, Elizabeth Taylor, uh, car hop every day after school, took all of her money, didn't let her go out on the weekends. And finally, what's when, car hop? What's car hop mean? Uh, when you work at the drive in and you go, you bring the food deck to the car. Oh, 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 yeah. Car, yeah, car hop. It's, yeah. So, different generation than I am. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, they, uh, she runs away and, and, and runs into this lady named Mimi and, and, um, she teaches, uh, women how to type and do shorthand and get some jobs. And my, my mom went and applied for a job at Ford Motor Company. And she was like 17 and a half years old and she got the job because she was amazing looking. And back then during that madman era, she was just, she was gorgeous. So, uh, as the story goes, uh, my mom's sitting there typing, she's 18 years old and, uh, big Bob, big Bob Nash, big Bob Nash (laughs) walks over from reproduction building three supervisor as it were. Yeah, walked through, saw her, and said, wow. Saw her a little bit later on in the week and said, hey, uh, where do you live? How do you get to work? She said, I take the bus. I live in you know, Allen Park. He goes, oh, really? <laughs> Go right by there. It's like 25 minutes out of his way. My dad goes, picks her up every day, brings her fucking lunch, takes her home. Long story short, they get married. And, you know, finally my mom gets the, 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 you know, the, the Cinderella story has three kids with my father. And then he dies at 36 years old on April 4th, 1968, the morning of the, uh, day that Martin Luther King was assassinated. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And, uh, so that's, uh. Did you really let me talk politics? You know, I was going to say, you know, I just want to point out we're 17 minutes in and no one has mentioned the bunkhouse stampede yet. So, ah, fuck. It might be turned, people might be hey, turned out. I, 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 I watched Raw. I watched Raw this week. And? I was, well, it's kind of crazy because, uh, you know, they're, they're, they're going into SummerSlam. Like everything was like a segment that was like, talking they brought in people and then uh some kind of altercation where maybe they was they blow people out of the ring and they come back and they set up a that anyway they have a tag match if they started blowing people in the ring you you would get a ratings pop yeah i don't think i'd watch but the thing was that and it was kind of great because they started off and they showed uh roman reigns from a smack from Friday's uh, SmackDown, and they cut right into to Lesnar's music, and out came Lesnar. And Lesnar wasn't. I didn't. I, I had heard that Lesnar was coming back, so it was a, a pleasant surprise. And it's funny because you know Brock, uh, you know, always had Heyman talk for him, mm-hmm. and Brock came out. Brett's not. He's not bad in interview. He's not great, but I don't, don't really fucking think Brock gives two fucks. It was funny. He came down with a black hat on. He says, well, you know, he said, well, since I'm in Texas, I'm going to be a gentleman and take my hat off. He took his hat off. I don't know if he did this on purpose, but if he did, it was smart as fuck because he doesn't want to be a baby face. But they, they pushed him that way. And he took the hat and he laid it brim down instead of upward as you're supposed to put a, a hat. You know, so I, I, if he's, if he fucking knew that that would, 
Because it caught my eye. I said, oh, that's wrong. That's too subtle, though. Don't you think that's too subtle? I would know that. I would I would hope I, I would hope he would because that's the kind of shit that just makes me go, Oh fuck yeah. Like if you, if you have that shit because everybody gets and then he kinda did the, kind of a Texas voice for a second, got hey, 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 oh. And then you know but and then the, the this this you know, the theory kid came out. But Paul came out and, and Paul was Paul's always you know, I mean Paul's always Paul. And it was funny that Paul cut the promo and put Lesnar over that he would have cut had he been in the ring putting Lesnar over. Mm-hmm. But he said that he kind of cut the promo with it and said, but Roman Reigns is, is going to basically take his hand, put it up his ass, and pull his heart out if he has to in this last man standing match. Which, I mean, I'll watch because, like I said, I, I if somebody fucking, those two guys going at it, it it'll be it, it'll be something, it, it'll I'll, I'll be able to lose myself and in, 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 in it, it won't be a spot fest. Right. You know? That's the whole thing. Can, yeah. can you engage me? Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford anything, wherever you listen. Totally. And listen, I don't need the work rate I think it's a generational thing, too. I think people come to expect it to be Cirque du Soleil every match. And if it's not, it's it's a work rate issue. I, that was born out of the dirt sheets, I guess, right, with all the ratings and stuff. But if you would just give me a couple of characters that I can watch, you'll hook me. I'll stay for a segment. The, I'll, theory, I'll, the, the theory kid's interesting. You know, he's a uh, I tell you what they so they they, they do the first thing and they and, they, and, and uh Theory goes to this uh, elimination chamber match that Brock was in, and Brock picks up Theory in the fucking F five and dumps him off the top of the the, the chamber onto uh, the steel, which is around the mat, the ring. No padding. I don't know if it was a work somehow that they had that one area, you know, that, that, he, that he could land on. Right. But I'm thinking to myself like. So it's last man standing. There's a good chance it's going to be Lesnar, and you're going to come down and cash in. I don't give. I mean, unless fucking there's a they that, that motherfucker's flatlined. I'm not cashing in my my money in the bank. I mean, I just. I mean, right. I mean, but but the story is now that I mean because uh, Reigns is 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 approaching uh, 700 days uh, of being the unified champion, and so. Earlier, um, theory I think is will go up against Lashley for the U.S. title, and then he'll cash in. So he'll, if he wins the, he'll be the youngest world champion ever at 24 years old. So there's, there's some intrigue there because everybody knows that he's kind of uh, Vince's guy. But don't you think that long title reigns are so much better? Oh God, yes. Uh, that it it, it 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 so minimizes a belt when it gets handed around. So I, I do like the fact that maybe maybe there'll be some weight given back to to uh, lengthy title reigns. Who knows? The guys in the main event worked their fucking ass off. Uh, uh, 
I, the week before I said Seth Rollins wasn't laying a shit in. He fucking, maybe he just had a bad week because he was fucking spot on. Uh, they, they, the guys just work their fucking ass off. Mm-hmm. And I, I just, I, I commend they good psychology. They brought, they brought Ziggler down like before the commercial break and he just kind of like sat in a kind of a weird place at, at ringside. But it was that set up to finish where Theory put his feet on the ropes. He knocked him out. And uh, my, my boy rolled him up. And then he came in. Ziggler came in and kicked Theory. And they went off the air uh, with, with Ziggler returned and, and Theory on his on his, uh, on his his back unconscious from the kick. So they left with heat. And this kid's, I mean, so this guy's got, this Theory's got so many, uh, you know, People that are are, are 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 in his mix, that it's actually it was. I just I enjoyed it, you know. I enjoyed it. Well, good. So good. that's that's the raw recap, everyone. That's the raw I, recap. So, the raw recap. Now let's talk about the the January sixth uh, <laughs> Senate subcommittees <laughs> bringing their finger down to to slide. You know what? We I something I also neglected to mention last week. We're going to Nashville. For a live click this. Okay. So those of you that didn't, I mean, is it sold out? Can they still get tickets? I don't know. It's Starcast. Go to Starcast.com for more information. But uh, part of the big Starcast weekend, I think some guy's having his last match or something like that. I don't know if something's going on there. But but there's going to be the first, the first ever live click this. So, um, That'll be happening in Nashville. There'll be, chil- be children in that crowd, so they're gonna. They'll, they'll, that'll put a muffler on us. Um, no, no, yeah, uh, yeah. We're we're daytime, right? We're twelve thirty, I think. Yeah, I think our show is twelve thirty on Sunday, the thirty first. So if you can only come see one thing that weekend, there's a plethora activity. Well, my big ass is up at nine o'clock signing autographs until we till till noon. So oh, good for you. Call me at about eleven. Make sure I'll I'm there. That. All right, that's all. Send you some cream brulee fucking oatmeal. You know what I did want to ask you the last week? We touched on it so briefly, but we talked about your about playing for Tennessee, right? And mm-hmm. um, you went to play pro ball in Germany, mm-hmm. wasn't it? And then you hurt the leg, and that was that. You did rehab the leg, and you did come back. But I wanted to ask you, had the leg injury not happened, would you have been able to have... A, a longer career, a more fruitful career in basketball than in wrestling. Did you look at it as a blessing in disguise at all, or or do you still see it as a missed opportunity to play pro ball? I mean, for me, I, I kept lifting weights, you know, and I just got bigger and bigger and bigger, and I just got I just got slower and slower and slower. I was strong as a fucking a bull for a basketball player. I think I was the first guy ever to do 315 on the bench at the University of Tennessee as a basketball player. Um, but I just wish that I had realized I wasn't going to play professional uh, basketball at the level I wanted to, not fucked up my knee, and gotten to the fucking ring with two healthy knees and a fucking 38-inch vertical. And, you know. Right. Instead of, you know, I, I sent you that picture of fucking what my leg looked like at the end of my career. Yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's like, making a left. 
at yeah, the Yeah, it's, it's 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 just disintegrated. So, but uh, could you have done, could you have played a, a full career in Europe, or is the goal oh, yeah. always to get back here? No, I, you know, because I was talking to I was talking to back then the money wasn't like it is now because they didn't have that Turkish league, um, but you could make two fifty. And the thing was, see, it was still the Deutschmark back then. And I, I, like the one year I was there, uh, the Deutschmark covered around 370 to 405 per dollar. So I was making like a, in between eight to a million Deutschmark a year. And they paid, I had a, uh, a BMW 733. And my place was, I had a two bedroom, like little crib that was, that was, that was, uh, paid for. And, so, and hell, I took you know I took the uh, the train a lot of times into uh, into the because I, 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 I took I could take the train and then walk fifteen minutes to the the practice facility and do the same thing going home and then take a uh, take, when I went to the other train station get out and take a bus that dropped me off right in front of my house. So, sometimes I wouldn't even want to you know wouldn't want to drive. So it was an ideal situation while you were over. Yeah, and we had like a double du- double decker bus with like first class seats, and you know we just we played basically you know just we drove we drove to everything, and you know you go out for you know like a Wednesday, Wednesday Friday Sunday, and play, then come back and then do it at home, and then it was a kind of you know a rotation. Uh, you, you lived for Berlin, you know, and everybody everybody back yeah everybody because. Fucking the game would be get over, go back to the hotel, and sleep because Berlin didn't fucking kick till about two a.m. So you'd get like a fucking power nap, and then everybody would get on the bus the next fucking day with what they had on that night. Right. I mean, just fucking right from the fucking bar right into the bus. So were your coaches American coaches? Uh, th- yeah, I think I want to think that our coach was. A grad assistant at Marquette at one time. He spoke great English. You know, he spoke mm-hmm. perfect English. So he's a good basketball coach. So, so many times the the best coaches, I want to make sure I'm not wrong about this. Think for a minute. The best basketball coaches were not the best players, right? You look at Pat right. Riley, Phil Jackson, um, what's his name? Uh Georgetown, uh, Thompson. They weren't the best players. What made them the best coaches? Is it all cerebral? Is it all strategy and mental you take a guy like steve kerr right. you know that, that that played you know i think he's he i think as a player he's got five championship rings uh i think two with the spurs and three with with the bulls i think that's i'm, I'm you know don't quote me on that but he played when you so he played with with jackson he played with like coaching him, he then he also played with with pops coaching him. So when when you're in, like it depends a lot of the systems that you play in as a player. You know, if if you have a great technique, you know, as much as I, I didn't like my coach in college, the motherfucker could teach you to play defense. Mm. You know, like we were a defensive team, and the thing was, if you can play defense, you're always in the game because you're gonna have. You're gonna have nights where you you don't fucking score. Right. Not there's not a fucking soul on your team that can hit it hit hit. And you gotta realize too, like my son would would watch tapes of me playing ball. He'd be like, 
dad, what the fuck is wrong with Wick? Why? And I'm like, there's no three point line. Uh, He's like, oh, fuck. Because that was the, you know, the difference of the game is there's no three point line. That 30 point fucking shot counts as the same as that fucking jump hook from the block. Mm-hmm. You know, like if I, you know, in, in my wildest dreams, if I would have thought that the ball would go to the post and the center's job would be to just turn, pivot, and throw it to the opposite corner for a three. You know, like that, that was a basketball. You know, I mean, the game has changed so much. And that was the thing that Shawn Michaels told me that really stuck. (laughs) I'm going to jump in the jump around here like a fuck. Dusty Road, can we get to Dusty in the bunkhouse stampede at all? (laughs) I'm working my way. So anyway, so I went down and I I watched NXT taping. And I said to him, I said, fuck, I said, slow it the fuck down, right? And he just looks at me, and this is exactly how he just looks at me and goes, it's not the style anymore. You just have to accept that. The style is the style. And I'm like, wow. Like, and he goes, this is, he says, you go out there and fucking do test of strength. He said, people will walk the fuck out of the arena. He says, he says, they're operantly conditioned now to do this. The, the fans want to see this. They want to see a spot fest. That's great. I mean, that, that's what the fans want. I particularly don't. Mm-hmm. I thought that the, the 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 tag match that ended Raw had psychology. Yes, there were spots, but the first time Theory gets brought in, it's fucking a stiff fucking punch. Good facials. He goes to the body for a, he digs a couple of fucking shots, some body shots in him. They fucking keep cutting the ring off, cutting the ring off, cutting the ring off, not not letting Lashley get the tag. And I'm just saying, like, and they're working in and out, and, and and Seth's coming in and doing one, two things, boom, tagging back out, like the old Anderson brothers that work in the corner. And it's just like, there we go. That's tag psychology. Fucking finally, you know, Lashley gets the fucking hot tag, but then they fucking stop him. And, you know, it's just like, I, I don't know. So what you're saying is you can still have elements of what you're talking about. And still keep the, I think Michaels was probably talking about the pace, right? Yeah. He said that. He was yeah. just talking about that. I mean, from the bell, it is like, you know, we're off to the races for the most part in every yeah. match. So that, that's probably. And it, it's not like the guys don't put time in. It used to be fucking eight to 12 was, that was it. Mm. You know, these guys get a lot more time than that. So, but it's well, what it is. I'm, I'm, I'm glad I'm retired. Uh, it, it is time for the stiff one of the week now. Uh, Kev, I want you to picture yourself for a minute out there in Hollywood. All right. Circa 1985, maybe, um, with your fancy Hollywood friends. Okay. Let's say you're at something really exciting, a party. Let's say it's the golden girls rap party. Okay. Cool. Things wrap up. You find yourself ending the night. Maybe the, the wild night moves to the Chateau Marmont and you got B okay. and Betty and Rue with you. Okay. You introduce a few bottles of champagne into the scene, and how are you going to be sure you're going to be able to bring the wood? Because you're going to probably two or three times, minimum, oh. until the sun rises and the cock has crowed. That's right. Now, blue is the wood. I'm not talking about the hair in the room. No. 
I'm talking about Blue Chew. Okay, that's right. The Sniff One of the Week is brought to you by Blue Chew. Guys, confidence is what it's all about. And it, it doesn't have to end at the bedroom door. Okay, this is where it comes time to step up to the plate. Blue Chew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, but in chewable tablets and at a fraction of the cost. You can take them anytime, day or night, so you can plan ahead, be ready whenever the opportunity arises. The process is simple. Sign up at BlueChew.com, consult with one of their licensed medical providers, and once you're approved, I knew that theme song was going to end, once you're (sighs) approved, you will receive your prescription within days. The best part, it's all online. Thank you. You're not you're not sitting in the doctor's office talking about this, talking about the knocking the toilet off the back. Um, worse than that, you don't have you don't have to deal at the pharmacy. One of the girl and girl's friends is going to come out, ask you what you got. I can't find your prescription. Can you tell me again what it was? We don't need this, okay? Blue Chew's tablets are made in the USA. They're prepared and shipped direct to your door in discreet packaging. This all happens undercover, brother. Okay. Now listen, um, Kevin has arranged for a special deal for his fans. Okay. If you can benefit from a little extra confidence when it comes time to perform, Blue Chew can help. And we've got a special deal for the listeners here. B- try Blue Chew free, okay, when you use the promo code NASH at checkout. Just pay $5 for shipping. We got the loop going, baby. <laughs> that tells me I'm at about forty a minute and 45 seconds. <laughs> pay the shipping. It's BlueChew.com, promo code NASH to receive your first month free. Visit BlueChew.com for more details and important safety information. We thank you, Blue Chew, and we thank you for being a friend, Blue Chew, a friend to our show. All right. Now, the stiff one of the week is uh, is not so much going to be an audio cue. So I'm going to have to for, for the folks listening, I will talk you through this. Uh, this is a night in Philadelphia, Kevin, uh, where I, I don't know if you remember this. I don't know if fans even remember this, uh-huh. but um, but you blew your quad out during a match. Now, this is probably a revelation to a lot of people. So here's the stiff one of the week, guys. Uh, maybe, maybe it'll come to me when I see it. Maybe when you see it. Let's bring this up, Steve. What do we have here? We've got, um, here it is. We've got the Kevin getting the tag. He's coming in. He's uh, coming over to Booker, uh, shooting him in. Ducks the clothesline, takes the boot. Now, Kev's going to head to the corner. To give Bully oh. a shot, and he goes down. He's clutching the leg. He's in the corner. Now, you're telling the ref. Do you remember exactly what you said to the ref there? I'm fucked. I'm fucked. So the ref does the signal, the, the, the you know, the, the, the cross, the X, which means like we got a hurt wrestler out here. Now, let's go back. Steve, can you do this for me? I, there are a lot, a lot of conspiracy theorists out there. As you might have known if you read Twitter after the last show. Now, I want to slow down this 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 thing here. A lot of people question. They talk about nothing happened. You went down and nothing happened. So I'm looking at the crowd now. Let's go slow. I'm looking for somebody throwing a projectile maybe. Do you see anything? It, you know, this is the thing that people, people don't understand is when I went to Birmingham the next, the next day and they opened my leg, they found a pristine bullet. Right. So there was rumors that Woody Harrelson's uncle had been at that, uh, that, that raw taping. Let me tell you somebody who was at the raw taping. And this is true. Steve, can you bring yourself up here for a minute? Steve, our producer, uh, Steve Kaufman was in the crowd that night. 
So what? So why don't you tell me, Steve, what happened? I'm not going to be a lot of help. Uh, I was watching the match. This match had a lot going on in this moment. And people ask me about it, have asked me about it for a long time. I don't have a recollection of seeing this happen live. I only have ever seen it in clips like this. Well, you were stoned out of your mind, probably. But, but that aside. I was 16. That is, right. that is what 16-year-olds do. Well, you said something very wise before I was talking to you when you told me you were actually there. You said, I didn't see it because uh, shoot injuries aren't spectacular. The work Correct. injury, somebody falls off a scaffold. Kev, this is like taking on a life of its own, the, the quad injury. Well, let me tell you, let me let me tell you something, John Oliver. That tan, I spent half the year in the Baja to get that tan. I'm a Navy SEAL. <laughs> but but uh, no, I want you to address this because this I finally have you on, on the quad. And you know, so many a lot of people have been blocked on Twitter. Yeah, it, it is the quad. It, you know, it, it felt like a shotgun. It felt like somebody I mean, anybody that's ever torn an ACL, like magnify that times. I mean, you know, your your ACL is, you know, like that. You fucking quad. Like you can feel it go <laughs> as you're going down. You can just feel it rip. And then I went down and went, like, Bubba was really cool because Bubba, like, like, bent over me and he was talking to me. And I said, I said, I think it's my fucking knee. And, uh, he said, you know, and, I, and I'm put like, I'm pulling on it right there to see if, if it's, and it's, it's snug. Mm. Like it's not, there's not like that movement that when you tear your ACL. So Bubba comes over and watch Bubba and I'll say, brother. And then he's like, so he, he's like, he's working. He's like, stay where you're at. And then he just like, kind of lays working down to make line. sure, you know, he just makes sure there's no, like, nobody hits me. Oh. See, he's just, yeah. Yeah, he's just That's making cool. sure nobody hits me because he knows I'm hurt. Now you were, um, you should have been braced, right? Yeah, but you didn't have that brace. Well, I wasn't, I wasn't medically clear because I had tore my bicep, so I wasn't medically clear for this. And they, they, they delta dashed my gear, and Disco went to my house and got, got, you know, it was was kind enough to, to get my gear, but. Just grabbed one of the wrong braces, and it was the wrong brace for the the left knee. That Gilberti fucked up. Was that? Is that no, he he would he did me a favor. I mean, now I know. Give yeah, it was shit. back into the left. If you play that really slowly, back into the left, back into the left, back into the back left, into the left. That was the quad. That was what the we had right here. Is a, what we have right here is a cootie gras. <laughs> Exactly. A shirt. That's a that's a turkey shoot in the corner. That was a stiff one of the week. Um, we have uh, Florida man or Jersey guy next. We have our our uh, our next uh, game here. Florida man or Jersey guy. I'm going to read you two headlines. They are real, but um, you're going to tell me uh, which one was uh, which one happened in which state. Your fair state. Can I ask fair, you a question? Adopted state. Yeah. Did you tear a quad when you came up with these? <laughs> how many years? I mean, is it is it that incessant? That's oh, fucking. How many you, you saw it? Like the repro- during the fucking. Thing. It's like, get the fuck over it, man. I'm, I'm worth millions of dollars, and like, you know what? If, if that if, if saying adjective and fucking blowing my quad are the two worst things I do in life, fuck, man. 
should build a fucking statue to my ass. Maybe they will. I'm, to your I'm, ass, no less. Yeah, fuck yeah. Um, all right, so here's the first headline. Man in dog costume filmed himself having sex with Siberian Husky. I'll repeat that. Man in dog costume filmed himself having sex with Siberian Husky or drunken man assaults victim with a sandwich. One is Florida, one is New Jersey. Tell me what you think. I'm going to go with uh, the, the Furby incident with the... Uh... The bestiality. I'm going to go with Jersey, man, because it's way too hot to be in a fucking costume in Florida. And I'm going to go with the sandwich uh, because everybody knows that uh, at every gas station, they do uh, carry a, a large selection of pimento loaf sandwiches uh, ready to strike. You, so. you, you have it exactly opposite, Kevin. Oh. A Florida man has admitted to recording himself performing sex acts on a Siberian husky while wearing a dog costume um, and posting the revolting footage online, authorities said. Christian Stewart Oscar Nichols, 21, of Oldsmar, wherever that is, is facing charges of ag aggravated animal cruelty and 10 counts of prohibition of certain acts in connection with obscene materials after his arrest on Monday, according to the Pinellas County Sheriff Office. I just want to see if there's a quote from him, if there's any kind of... okay. The dog, later identified as Nichols' pet named Ember, was clearly distressed during the video and at one point tried to run away. But the man responded by hitting the dog with a penis-shaped sex toy. This is just terrible. So uh, that was that was Florida, uh, Mr. Nichols. And then the sandwich. I think the, I think the thing to remember is it should anything with food is always going to be Jersey. And any fucked up stuff with sandwiches or like meatball heroes, it's always going to be Jersey. Um. A drunken North, uh, northern Jersey man uh, threw a sandwich at another man. Oh, in Virginia, though. This happened in Virginia. So it was the Jersey guy in Virginia, and he's now facing charges. Fairfax County, uh, Fairfax City Police Department says in the news release that 32-year-old Jonathan Magnus of Morristown, New Jersey, threw a sandwich at a 50-year-old man at a Fairfax pizza. That is, that is wild, and you get arrested for that. Assault and battery for the sandwich action mm. in... Um, in uh in Virginia. So we're coming back. We're gonna we're gonna cast click the film. Kev. Um if, if it were ever to happen, we wanna know um I wanna know who you would choose uh play your friend and I would want to know myself. So uh casting click the film right after this. If someone relies on you financially, your spouse, your child, anyone, life insurance gives you the peace of mind that they'll have a financial cushion if something ever happens to you. By making it easy to compare your options from top companies, Goliath Life helps make sure you're not paying a penny more than you have to for the life insurance coverage you need to protect those you love. At GoliathLife.com, you can compare personalized quotes from top companies to find your lowest price. The process is fast and easy with no hidden fees, upsells, or hassles. Goliath Life is your one-stop shop to find the life insurance you need at the right price. Head to GoliathLife.com to get your free life insurance quotes and see how much you can save. That's GoliathLife.com. Are you feeling stuck making minimum payments on your credit card debt? SaveWithConrad.com can help, and you don't need perfect credit or money out of your pocket to do this. NMLS number 65084, equal housing lender. Oh, and did I mention no house payments for two months? Get rid of your credit card debt and lower your monthly payments right now at SaveWithConrad.com. 
All right, we're back. Click this. Kevin Nash podcast. I'm Sean Oliver. We are going to cast Click the Film. Um, see who's worthy to play. Now, first of all, do you guys ever consider this? Do you ever do you ever think that this would be uh, uh, fictionalized ever? I actually was there was a time, uh if anybody they call it the Cincinnati Airport, it's actually Covington, Kentucky. But uh back in the day when you could actually, you know, park the fucking car in front of the airport and walk in and wait on your buddies. I was the first one in, and I picked up the van. We used to pick, get those uh, Luminas. We used to call them the hose wagons. And so um, th- there's a long uh, escalator that goes down to baggage claim from where, where, where the gates are. And it was so funny because I just waited and it was like, you know, as the overhang was, and the person would come in to, you know, I, I would guess, you know, who it was. And it was like, of course, everybody had those black fucking magnums on huh? those, uh, <laughs> you know, combat boots. And, uh, but the first one was, uh, was Shawn Michaels. It was summertime and he had on a pair of bib overalls with a wife beater underneath it with, with the magnums. And then like, you know, like the Scott and it was just like, as they came down one at a time, I was just like, this was how I, I would open the movie. Uh, yeah, everybody like meeting up, introducing yeah. and then going out and putting your bags in and and, and starting the, the road trip. So yeah. that was kind of the, uh, yeah, I thought about it. I mean, I even, yeah, I, I called it a King of the Road. It was in, it was the, I, I did, you. did you write a script for Chris? I, I did a treatment. Uh, did you and I, really? Yeah, I was going to use uh, Bob Seger's uh, Turn the Page as the theme song. On a lonesome Halloween. Yeah. I see it. I've seen it. All right, so that, I'm going to keep that visual there because I was going to ask you, like, style-wise. Because you're going to cast yours, and then I'm going to cast mine. Right. And I want to know, stylistically, are you going with something outlandish? Is it a Western? Is it is it something? No, this is just us. This is straight up. Yeah, this is and, straight and, down. And I'm, I'm, I'm asking Soderbergh to, 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 to direct. That's right. As you pointed out to me when I was giving you lighting tips for your space, and you're like, uh... When you worked with Soderbergh, you pay attention to lighting. <laughs> so that was the end of that. Um, you know what came to mind? I was thinking of like casting a biopic. Do you ever see the Dirt, the, the Motley Crue one mm-hmm. that they did on? Uh, yeah, there it is. On, yeah. Uh, was it Netflix? I guess. Yeah, yeah. And um, man, if you, most most of the guys were okay in that though, but you know, when you get someone wrong, it really really stands out. I don't want to shit on anybody, but um, all right. So so let's do it this way. I'll bring up a click member. You tell me who you would cast in your film. Now, mine is not going to be as straight and narrow as yours. I want mine to be a 70s sitcom. I want zaniness because the stories you've told me lend themselves to a laugh track in a studio audience or studio audience in a 60s or 70s or 80s sitcom. So mine are all going to be centered around if I had to cast sitcom characters of all generations to play the click. So just bear that in mind when you can fans compare our two, our two lists. So, um, let's, uh, let's get yours first, Kev for, um, for Scott, uh, who would, who would you cast for All right, Scott? For, for Scott? Um, I, I chose Clint Eastwood. And it's gotta be more than the stubble, right? What, what's, what's no, it's, I, I just think, uh, just that natural coolness. Like think of uh, like dirty Harry and think of him with a, Dirty Harry with the, yeah. Dirty Harry with a curl. And a toothpick. Yeah. Now, would Clint have to, um, 
Would he have to do the Cuban machismo thing, or he's just playing Scott? He's, playing, he's playing Scott, just, you know. I wonder how he would do, though, when it, when it, when we had to film some some segments of, like, you guys at TV. Like, and, and Clint had to, had to be cutting a promo. He could go there. Be interesting. I know, after that Obama one he did in there. Yeah, uh, with the chair? <laughs> the chair gimmicks? So not, right, I'm so, not holding against you, Clint. I love you, man. So Clint, uh, all right. So Clint, free. free See the thing. Words. The thing with this is too is is like I tried to pick guys that that looked the part, but also guys that because all everybody in the clique is a very complex human being. You know, they really are. <laughs> That's People, one adjective. Yeah, yeah, they really are, and it's just. Uh, Oh, as we go on, I'll explain. Okay. All right. It'll, it'll, it'll be, yeah. So, all right. Playing Scott in my sitcom, ClickCom, if you will, um, will be Ray Romano. Now, there's something in the voice, okay? And, and you know, Ray, he can do it. As you see, if he could, if he get a little bit of the stubble going. So, so he could, he could pull it, pull it together. So Ray would be Scott. There, there is, uh, I think there is, um, there is a, a similar vibe. There is a coolness yep. uh, to both of them. They're, they're uh, Ray's not the zany guy, the, the wacky guy. So he's kind of got, I could see him playing with the Scott, the Scott cool vibe. So, uh, so, all right. So that's my, okay. that's my Scott. Right. How about Sean for you? Sean Michaels. Sean Michaels. HBK. My choice was Brad Pitt. Are you trying, I mean, is is this a birthday present for Sean that that you that you you're handing him there? No, I mean you got to you got to know that 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 Sean can go from zero to a hundred and fucking fifty miles an hour as far as just uh, going off, you know. And I think that uh, Brad Pitt proved in Fight Club that he had that kind of range, you know. So I mean, yeah, we go Legends of the Fall, but I was going to say we're in very the Legends of the Fall. Yeah, because well, because Sean is you know is is you know I'm trying to to give the visual first and then take the actors and and their bodies of work to 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 basically feel the complexities of of the the characters that they're going to be playing. And I know that Brad Pitt, of course, has you know plenty of range, yeah. plenty of range, and uh, I just thought that that would be a a, a strong. Uh, a strong uh, casting call for that. that It'd be interesting to see his uh, his his ring work as well. Maybe Sean. Uh, I wonder if Sean could uh, could put something together, but, but just a few, few spots for a scene here and there. He looks like an athletic guy, Brad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so Sean in my sitcom will be played by Jeff Conaway, um, uh-huh. of the of the Taxi era. Um, I think he had the. Uh, the requisite look, but also, you know, there, there was an, there was a, an element of cool, even though there was some silliness happening, of course, on taxi. Um, uh, he had the cool thing. So I think that Jeff Conaway would have been able to pull off, um, HBK in the, uh, in a, in a click com setting. Now, Je- how yeah. Jeff used to show up a lot at, uh, at the forum. Oh, for shows, really? Yeah, why? Yeah, Jeff was Jeff was a was a was a, was a wrestling fan. Yeah, it's always good. The really good souls. Really, really good guy. Yeah, gone too soon. Yep. Um, how about Kevin Nash? Who's playing Kevin Nash? 
I'm going to get heat for this, but I'm going with Helmsworth. Oh, look at you. Look at look at the Kevin Nash mark that I host a show with. Thor. <laughs> Thor. Hey, fuck, man. Oh. It's my movie. Oh. It was between that and Brad Garrity. So, oh, yeah, fuck it. Set that back up. It's not bad. It's not bad. Do I, the fuck else is, is going to pay? Oh, look at this. Do I ask you the qualities, the qualities of Thor that you see in <laughs> Kevin Nash? Well, if Jim Cornette was fucking casted, if I can I'd say, Jim, he got the hair flip, right? And he'd be like, Kev, you're right. So, I don't know. No, I, I, I did you, what, what, what's the movie he's in right now? See, I, on top of it, Helmsworth is, is is built a lot like I am. He's a he's a, a, a upper body, bigger guy, smaller legged guy, and when he doesn't, he has his he's a leaner, uh, but he, he's a big bone dude. But he's he's leaner. Um, what's the one that you, is this on right now on Netflix? Spider. Fuck. It'll pop up in the chat here in a minute, probably. Yeah, it's, it's but it's uh, Steve or Dominic is furiously typing. Yeah, it's 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 it's, it's just, what's that? It's the one where they they he's a he runs a prison, but it's it's he's he's it's called it's Spider Head, isn't it? Sp- yeah, Spider Spider Head, Spider Head. Yeah, yeah. So and I thought you know, like he showed some some kind of like I, I don't know. He they, I just thought that he could play me, especially when he danced. I said, yeah. I, I thought we were going for like the descent of the intellectual Kevin. So I thought maybe we'd get Costner or something like that. We got Thor. We got yeah, but in, uh, you know, extraction. Yeah. All right. Now, in my sitcom, see, Kev, I always kind of saw you as the dad figure in the group. Well, maybe Fred McMurray. Maybe I was wrong with that. <laughs> But uh, John Amos, I thought, would be a great Kevin Nash. Um, circa, circa the Good Times era, and no, make no mistake about it, John Amos is a bad motherfucker. Well, was this, he was a Kansas City Chief, wasn't he? Uh, I don't. I didn't know he played ball. I think he played them for some reason. Yeah, no, he he was he was a bad dude. But I, I like I, that. I think the fatherly figure. I think you could. could, could could pull it all together. He was a, he was a great he was a great sitcom father figure. Um now it brings us to X Pac. What do you what do you what do you have for X Pac? He was the hardest for me because played for the Chiefs, I'm getting. He did, yeah. I was I was correct. Good. Fuck good for you, Nash. Um You should have a podcast. Yeah, that's, that's something I could use use my uh, my abilities. I picked uh, Ed Norton for for Pac. I get that. Yeah, I you see know? that. I, and I, it's, it, two movies where I thought like Ed Norton just was one of them is I, I don't know what it's called, but it's it, it, Richard. It, he kills the priest and, and Gear ends up uh, being his defender. Primal fear. I want yes. to say yes. And they sit there in the room and he goes, "Come on, man! You fuck, you know, like you knew, right?" And like. Gear's like fuck, you know. Gear turns it around and and makes him fuck himself uh, in the uh, not literally, but fuck himself in the in the, in the last uh, scene in the courtroom. But uh, that along with I, I thought that Norton was great in the Hulk. 
you know, physicality wise. Mm-hmm. Like I thought he was great. I thought that he, when he fought as Norton before he, he actually turned into the Hulk, I thought that he, he could do the physicality. And as far as, you know, Sean was a, a, a very deep, complex person that people just don't, you know, and I just, I just thought that that would be on top of that. Like, tell me, tell me, I'm not, getting, I'm not going to get funding if I've got these guys attached to my film. <laughs> <laughs> it's also that's yeah, huge. It's, it's a good lineup. For me. You can't get this mother. If you can't get the motherfuckers shot, it doesn't matter who you cast. Walk these guys into a producer's office. I think you have it. Uh, yeah, greenlit. My favorite Ed Norton story. I have to tell you, he had such balls for doing this. He was. Um, this is years ago. He did a film with De Niro and Brando. I don't know who's heist. Heist. Okay, they heist. were safe crackers or something, right? Talk about fucking hitting a home run as a as a young actor right you're between brando and de niro i, I believe that might have been brando's last film it probably was because it was yeah it was it was after anything i remember him doing but so he was on one of the talk shows ed norton and like letterman or something they they asked him uh they're like amazing like what was it like being on set with two legends and norton goes I'll tell you exactly what it was like, because I thought it was going to be what you thought, what you're thinking, too. He said, I had a scene where we're sitting in a booth in a bar and I'm in the middle and Brando's on this side and De Niro's on this side. And we do we do their close ups and then we do the turnaround and it's my close up. So I turn to Brando. We're doing my close up and he begins eating breadsticks during Ed Norton's close up and he's covered, covered in crumbs. They're falling out of his mouth as he's talking. And this is what he's giving Ed Norton for his close-up. He turns to De Niro in his close-up still. De Niro is asleep, head down like this. <laughs> so he he's, throws his line out and he's waiting. And uh, De Niro, Bob picks his head up. Bob, like I know. De Niro picks his head up and goes, So I sleeping? <laughs> He said that's what it was like working with De Niro and Brando. Um, I'm surprised they actually fucking sat in there and uh, gave him an eyeline. For the turnaround. I, yeah, yeah, fuck. I'm just. That's pretty hot. No, but you know what? Those two would. I yeah, think those two yeah, would. Yeah. Um, uh, X-Pac for me, I went with Hervé Villachez because I'm looking at the, I'm looking at the, just kind of the landscape, you know, and, and I, you know, I just, I just feel like that there should be a differentiation in, in stature, um, in the, and if you don't, if <laughs> fucking Sean Waltman's like six, one, listen, he had to sit on a pillow next to me on my show. Um, Sean's not, I mean, I, people, people, I, if you're not getting it from that one. I, I did put another picture in, which might make it a little more clear. All right. Um, I say, okay, Hervé's eyebrows are gone. So I, I thought oh. that one would be. You got me with the laugh track. Where it is. Laugh track was what was needed. That, that. Um, so uh, we're down to, we're down to Hunter. Did you do events? I did events. I didn't do events. I, did, I, I didn't do events because it was like. He he wasn't going to be in my movie. Yeah, but I, I you know, just because he, he was he was so involved with you guys, I thought he'd yeah. have to have this scene. See, for me, it was like if I had to, if I, if I had, to, if I was going to do Vince in, in in my life, um, I'd have to do Eric too. I'd have to, I'd have to cast Eric. That's true too, Eric. I didn't do an Eric. Yeah, I would, I would, and I, you know, it's just. So I just said, eh. 
So I, I did uh, Sam McMurray, who was, of course, the boss on uh, Friends. Mm-hmm. He was Chandler's boss. So I thought he could he could pull off a, a good sitcom. That, boss, that's, a, uh, that's a that's a good that's a good Vince to be to be Vince. Um, g- give me your Hunter. Who was Hunter? I went with uh, this was a hard one also because I wanted somebody to look like him, but I also wanted somebody to to have some again to be a hell of an actor, and I went with, with Sean Bean. Yeah, I get that. Yeah, that works. That works. I couldn't. Do, I couldn't. I couldn't get a. I couldn't get a sitcom Triple H. So I think what I'm going to do is, fans, why don't you? Well, we want you to send yours anyway. I want you to put hashtag. Um, click cast. All right. Click cast. K L I Q cast. Send us your casting. We want to see who you guys would have cast as the click. And, uh, we'll read them next week, um, in the opening segment. And, uh, give me a hunter, guys. If, if, if you can also throw in a sitcom era hunter, it could be 70s sitcom, 80s, 90s sitcom. Um, so give me a, uh, a uh, oh, the score was that movie, uh, not the heist. It was the score. Okay, the score. Yeah, that was the. It's funny. Uh, my my son uh, when, when we talked about you know what we we're going to do for the next show, like he you know he threw threw some ideas at me, and he actually um, thought we were going to do Vince, and um, so uh, I know we won't have this handy, but my son thought that uh, Norm Macdonald would be a fucking amazing Vince, so. Uh, He's the patron saint of Click This, clearly. So, uh, why don't you guys uh, fucking uh, talk about cock? So, who do I make this check out to? This seven point five million. Who do I make this check out to? I ain't touching that. I know you're not. Um, well, I I do have um a couple of you know because I have to sell the pilot if I'm going into the you guys you have a heavy heavy cast you you're going to sell that just on your cast I of course have a band of wayward sitcom stars so I'm going to need to pitch a couple of episodes here so I think in in the the first episode I'm going to pitch um uh Sean hides his girlfriend Tammy in a closet um when uh, when her boyfriend's coming in the room I'm picturing like a like a friends type apartment situation and okay. Sean throws Tammy in the closet when her boyfriend now Hunter finds his girlfriend Stephanie in a closet when her father's coming in so the two girls are locked in the closet there um now the guys jump in the darkness to hide from X-Pac when he wakes up because he has no eyebrows and he's looking for who did it so in the closet we've got it's dark and we've got all these guys uh, it gets a little frisky. They can't see. And because of the long hair, Hunter and Sean end up plowing each other while the girls sit bored on the side. That would thank you very much. That would be one episode. Uh, the uh, second one, uh, the day after the big Halloween party, um, Scott comes over to uh, Sean and Kev's crib. Uh, he spends the day on the bowl with the shits because it turns out they all split a bag of 100 Hershey's Kisses. Scott got 34, while Kevin <laughs> Sean had 33 each. Nah. So with the bathroom tied up all day, X-Pac is forced to uh, shit in a friend's crown who uh, was le- it was left there after the uh, the Halloween party. So that could be another episode. That's, of- I could see. I, that, I, I, God, that's eerily like I'm, I'm, I'm almost like I watched that. That scene before you you feel you're feeling like it happened. Yeah. Um. Let me tell you something. Because of the star power that we are talking about in our respective shows here, 
they're going to get endorsements, okay, out of this click the film, and maybe even from a company like CarShield, okay? Um, when, you know, the, the episode, the segment's been brought to you by CarShield, who makes it easy and affordable to protect your car and my car from expensive repairs. And that's just for starters. So let's see here. If we were going to, if we were going to have some celebrity endorsements from the click, what would this sound like? So, Kev, I'm going to give you the first one. Um, what do you think a Scott endorsement would sound like? Here, read this line. I'm going to give you the line, and I want you to give it to me as Scott. Scott, Car Shield is the number one auto protection company in the U.S. Hey, yo, Car Shield's the number one auto insurance protection company in America. There you go. And it is true. Car Shield is the number one auto protection company in the U.S. And Can I ask you a question? Yes. Are you my fucking boss? I didn't what? think so. <laughs> I just told Scott Hall what to do for the first time in my life. <clears throat> the only time we had a business deal, and he leaned over to me after I, I booked him through Eric Sims with cameras ready to roll the slates in the frame. He goes, the envelope's a little light. I'm just saying. <laughs> Action. My oh, boy. Okay, we're on. <laughs> he fucking says to me, I put it in my book. I don't care. He says to me, Two seconds before we're shooting a two-hour show, I got people waiting for me with sushi downstairs. <laughs> what? <laughs> Bring it up. I said, you want to eat the sushi? Eat the sushi. Bring it up. We'll eat the sushi. Then we'll sh Car Shield has plans. Uh, they cover more parts than ever, whether your car has 5,000 miles or 150,000 miles. Let me t tell you how simple this is to get your car fixed if you are protected by car shield when you need a repair you choose the mechanic and car shields administrators they handle the rest that's it you don't have to deal with paperwork headaches you're taken care of same goes if your car breaks down and you're stuck on the side of the road plans through car shield also include coast to coast roadside assistant kev let me try a little hbk maybe for for one of these lines we'll see, we'll see how that would go if if, if the click were uh, endorsing car shield <clears throat> Uh, car Shield's administrators are there for you with rental car options and trip reimbursements at no extra cost, too. How's that? Does that work? Yeah. Okay. Get coverage today and lock in your price now. It'll never go up. That means as long as you own your car, no matter how old it is, you're protected from the rising cost of parts and repairs. That market's going to change. Parts, repairs, that's going to change. Your price isn't because you're locking it in now. So, um... Here, let's do this call to action, maybe. I'm going to ask you to do this as Pat Patterson. It's one of my favorites. We're going to say, Car Shield helps protect my wallet from expensive car repairs. Go ahead. As Pat Patterson. Goddamn, Car Shield. They, uh, they protect my wallet from uh, the fucking bandits and, and uh, the fucking the, the son of a bitches that take your money for the, for the goddamn fucking repairs. That's it. But what else do I have to say? Pat said it all. Go to carshield.com slash podcast to start your plan. Lock in your pricing forever. Carshield.com slash podcast. A deductible may also apply. Goddamn. Goddamn. Fucking go banana. Listen, if Green can't sell ads after that, making the ads a bit. Goddamn it. Fuck. I know Pritch ain't doing that. You could leave that in. <laughs> Who the hell's doing that? A bit. We the are shield got we a are. bit. All right, it is time for fan questions. You have much to say. I wish I could ask every one of these, Kev. So many of the questions that pop up on Twitter and on YouTube, they are they're good. 
But of course, we have limited time, limited sure. time. And we spent an inordinate amount of time talking about Slamboree 97. So uh, here we are kind of under the gun. Who uh, won that bunkhouse match? Oh, God. I'm going <laughs> to guess it was Dusty. Right? <laughs> yeah, I had to. Um, that was that. Um, Emma uh, has, oh, by the way, Ask Nash is how you're going to do this every week, folks. Uh, hashtag Ask Nash. Um, Emma says, what era of WWF do you consider yourself to be a part of? Do you, cons- do you consider about Diesel part of the rock and wrestling era or a different era? You do hear like the, the eras reference. Where- I, 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 I say that the, uh, that our era was the, uh, the new generation era. Yeah. Right. Diesel was a champion for a new generation. Right. I don't know if you fucking know that or not. I do. I do. But then, you know what, though? But you crossed up. You had that kind of crossover thing, right? Because then, yeah, it was, but it was to Turner. So <laughs> it was. Yeah, that's true. He, he, she asked about WWF. So, yeah. Yeah. The new generation. Lindsay says, um, how did your family first react when you were booked in your role in Magic Mike? And what was the reaction when they first saw the movie? I mean, you know, if you if you if you're an actor, you know, I, mean, I just had to tell my wife that I had to sign a uh, agreement for frontal nudity. You know, but uh, I said I don't think it's going to come to that. No different than WCW, right? And uh, no, I was just I looked at it as um, I, I was, you know, this was definitely going to be something that was was out of my wheelhouse. So. Uh, you know, I think uh, as an actor, you want that. So you don't want to be typecast. So, yeah, I don't something. think you have to worry about that. That was definitely a departure. Yeah. yeah. Um, Veterans with Benefits podcast asks, what was it like being seven feet tall in boot camp? And how long did they use you to take the flag down during taps? Love the show, you guys. See, I'm not a real man who went to the military, so you're gonna have to tell me what reference this. Uh, take the meaning like that you didn't have to. They didn't have to pull the gimmick. You could reach up and yeah. Well, we didn't. We didn't do that. Right. Okay. Not not boot camp. Tell you one thing. Um, I'm I'm only six foot ten. Uh, but I had to get a waiver because six six is as tall as you can be to be in the military, and I went through um basic training in a pair of. Uh, pony basketball shoes. They didn't have boots. They had to make boots for me. They had to make uh, combat boots for me because I, I wear 15. Why so, the, the height limit? I guess you're just, I mean, I guess it's such a difference to, to getting shot in the head at 6'6 six, six as it is 6'10. You know, like you can't fucking hide. I was going to say, it, it, it's harder to dig a foxhole for someone like you, I yeah, guess. Yeah, you got to go another another shovel. What? Uh, how long were you in? Three years. Okay. And what, what branch was it? Um, uh, I was in the Army. I was in 95 Bravo, which is military police. But I was actually stationed at a NATO site that guarded items that were vital to national security with a top secret clearance. And we also had to wear this thing on us to uh, make sure that we didn't get too much fucking radiation during a shift. So you tell me what we were doing. Why don't you tell me? So I got 5,000 fucking dogs in the Baja. 
it would repel. The, no, it, it just it would tell you it would just tell you how much radiation you were oh, it, absorbing. It was, meter. it was a meter. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Madge Rick asks, do you think the NWO in its original incarnation would have been even bigger or had more longevity had you guys gotten HBK to get his release and be the third man instead of Hulk? Would Sean have shown up in the crowd first then instead of Scott? Or is he third man at the bash? A lot to consider. Uh, yeah, number one, Sean. Sean just got the the, the world title, at, you know, in, in in the WWE. So he's not coming fucking anywhere. Um. So that I mean, it's it's not even something that I've I've, I've ever even wrapped. Right. Like two years in after he had dropped, you know, it, it, it dropped it. You know, I made a push to get him in, but um, then by then they were, you know, they were they were um, given guaranteed money, and you know, I tried to get. You know, I, I thought Taker would, have, you know, Taker was a great one. Um, I tried to get Mark to to come over, but uh, how would it have been different without Hulk, though? I know the real world situation, real world situation, yeah. wouldn't happen, but. I think I think that the the thing with Hulk was, you know, that Eric's Eric's idea was that he wanted it to look like the WWE was was invading uh, Turner, and they you know were doing going back and forth with the fucking skits with fucking you know skiing gene all this fucking other shit and they uh, there was nobody that was more branded WW and at that time F. Than, than you know, the the yellow and and uh, red of Hulk Hogan. So when he comes down, if Bobby Heenan doesn't fucking say, "Well, but whose side is he on?" <laughs> <laughs> Motherfucker, really, really? Oh, it's live TV. Yeah, sleepy worker Mark Three says, "How'd you get the power bomb as a finish?" They, they preferred they, they, a different one in hindsight. No, they, they they took it from Adam Bomb and gave it to me because they they started to push me and I was and I felt bad because you know Brian was you know, Brian was Brian was good Brian just got fucked and um they gave me his finish I loved it I remember was it that was it maybe here where they talking somebody somebody was talking to me somewhere and they said did you ever get upset because Batista did the Batista bomb. I said, why would I get upset? I said, fuck. I said, every time, you know, Dave gave the, the Batista bomb, he fucking, he took a bump. Mm-hmm. Like he landed on his ass. Like the fucking beauty of the power bomb was, fuck, man, you could pick somebody up, dump them, dump them, fucking put them, go walk over, put and stand on them. You didn't have to bend your fucking name. It's like, nah, I, I, my lazy fucking ass, that's a perfect fucking move for me. Pick him up, drop. Yeah, the only thing would have been better was maybe a like a some kind of a fucking maybe the claw. <laughs> How about the heart punch? Heart punch is always good, but I, you bring I, back. I don't think anybody can do it quite like like Mister Stasiak. So you got to leave that alone. Yeah, Bayek of Siwa. What are your thoughts on Rick Rude? To me, he was one of the most badass and underrated wrestlers uh, ever. No one could sell an atomic drop quite like him. Uh, thank you to both you and Sean giving us the most touching episode on Scott Hall. Bad guy is smiling down upon you. 
Rude was uh, Rude was my first mentor of prominence of somebody that was fucking over. And uh, I remember the first time Rude came in to uh, WCW, and it was like Sting's birthday party. I know we were in Milwaukee. It was like after a pay-per-view and, and Rude came in the back door and basically fucking like fucking just gave Sting probably four or five just fucking shoot shots. Like, like you know, most like fucking he had the, the mouth was going. He had a fucking goose egg on the eye. And I just watched it and I just said to myself like, oh, when you come in, fuck everyone, get over you know, and then we started riding together, and he couldn't roll the joint to save his fucking life. So I, you know, he was like, he was like, hey, Ben, man, can you fucking roll a joint? I'm like, yeah, I can roll a joint. He's like, all right. We'd always, he'd always the same. Like, all right, I'll drive. We'd leave the arena. His gimmicks would kick in fucking seven miles down the road. He'd pull over, take the, take the wheel, big man. I was going to say, he was doing plenty more than the joint. So yeah, but I remember one day we're, we were driving and, I, I, I'd light a joint. I, I hand it to him. He has he hands me the joint back. All of a sudden, he fires up another one. I'm like, all right, we each got our own joint. I guess we just says the next thing you know, he forgets that he's got one in the ashtray. Lights up another one. Now we got a three. We got three joints and two dudes. I'm like, like maybe Rick, we just like put two of those out and just kind of you know, like I don't think we need to fucking hot box this motherfucker any more than it is. Like incense, <laughs> just let it burn. <laughs> like. Damn man, we my wife, my wife, uh, I always kind of protected her and didn't bring her around the business. And we went out to dinner with uh, with Rick and his wife Michelle. And we go out, and you know, the ladies are talking, and me and Rick belly up to the bar, and we're, we're fucking pounding some some fucking drinks. And we get to the table, and you know, before the food even came, in, Rick was just fucking like. Doing the Carrie Von Eric deal. Uh, I mean, gone, just fucking gone. And uh, my wife was just like, that was like the first thing. And I, I told my wife, like, you know, you, you don't want to be around the pirate ship too much. I said, you know, and I, she was, she, that we came home that night and she was in the car. She was just like, holy fuck. And then that, like, you're like, see, I told you those yeah. guys. <laughs> Fast forward to fucking 1997 and I'm at the fucking Diamondbacks game. Behind home plate and fucking parking where the fucking players parked. Game's over. Guys asking my wife, can you wake him, wake him up so I can sweep around him? <laughs> so, oh, well. Jack Jones, what happened during the filming of Punisher when you accidentally got stabbed during filming? Uh, ow. What was no, that? It, what it was, was one of those... What's that? What were you stabbed with? So they had a, it's, it's a scene where there's a butterfly knife, and they have two knives. They have the, the, the one that he actually fucking manipulates, and then they have the other one that, that, that as you push it, the, the blade go, it retracts inside of the, the handle. So the fake one and the real. You were fucking Alec Baldwin before Alec Baldwin. For yeah, so I got, I, got, I got stabbed right here in the collarbone with the real one. And he fucking, you know, Thomas did it, and it wasn't like I'd done fucking 9,000 movies, and this is a Marvel, so I'm just like, fucking boom, man. They, they stabbed me, and I just, no sense. Why so they need the real one on the set for a different shot? Because no, it was, the weight of it was different for him to handle it. Right. You know, to practice with it, because he, you know, he, like, 
Yeah, he, he did. He went through like special forces training to, you know, to uh, allocate the, like all the different weaponry and everything else. And he, and he so they, they they taught him with a real butterfly. And then, of course, they made and the prop guys over there sniffing up this uh, Asian girl's ass, trying to fucking you know get her number, and uh, doesn't turn you know change out the knives and. I take one in the in the collarbone, oh, and he couldn't feel a difference. I mean, I would have checked it, I think, before we started shooting. But whatever. Yeah, but that's you know, it, 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 so the, it, it, that that exactly when that that shit happened uh, on the on the set with with Baldwin, I said to myself, I'm like, like, yeah, it, it, yeah. In hindsight, of course, yes, I'm, you should have. You but you've done it. You know, it's like fuck. It's like. It's somebody else's job, you know. Yeah. Somebody, you, 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 you're handed a fucking weapon. It's like we're, we're, mm-hmm. and, and, and we're going, you know, and action. Fucking, you better have the right weapon. Yeah, and I mean, sets are. Oh, for anyone who's never been, I, I played a cop in two, uh, a film and, and a TV show, and you can't even walk off the set to grab a fucking donut off the craft service table without the AD taking. The gun from I mean that that gun never left the set unless it was in the hands of I'm saying an AD maybe it was a prop master or whatever but but as soon as you started to walk away they'd call you ever go oh hold on hold on I gotta take the gun so not nine ninety nine percent of the time that stuff is taken very seriously yes. so I don't want to cast aspersions on the uh, prop masters union just in time uh, you brought up the DC Armory HBK was my absolute favorite rockers at the time and it was so hot in there i asked my dad if we could leave early during the match um how did you get through a match without dying of heat stroke not the hot crowd you're looking for lol yeah no it was that was a miserable fucking venue just absolutely miserable so, i mean it's just it, it, it's there's there are certain venues that just fucking just i mean you, you think of of just shit box places that you've worked one was in, i think starkville it's like a rodeo place had a, you know the the floor was dirt. You walked mm. out on on pallets to get to the ring, and the shower was a two by four. Okay, so you got a two by four that goes up what seven feet. It's got a fucking V cut in it, garden hose, duct taped. That's the fucking shower. Well, it's like our gang puts on a wrestling show. Yeah, exactly. Hey, we're out of money. Maybe we should have a circus. Who bo- who booked you? That was WWF. No, the WCW. That was WCW. First, first tour. Holy fuck! Why would they yeah. pick the venue? How many people did they get in there? I think uh, uh, the standard fucking nine nine hundred to twelve hundred people. Wow. Um, talk about a sea show. I'm surprised the outsiders were even on that one. No, <laughs> this is the, this is the my first run. Oh, this is your, this is odd. Yeah, this or is the ninety to ninety three shit show. Oh, okay. Yeah. Makes more sense. Salvatore. I still believe Joe Dumars could have easily handled handed Lambeer his ass. Am I wrong? No, you're not wrong. Dumars could have took Bill Lambeer? Fuck yeah. Dumars is fucking... Yeah. Yeah, Lambeer was a bit of a Lambeer bush, grew right? up... He, he threw like, the elbows underneath, but... Lambeer was the fucking only guy in the NBA whose dad made more money than him. What does that do? That was some fucking CEO of, you know, like, yeah. I, I, 
I, I wish somebody would look up fucking. We we played Notre. We played Notre Dame when I was a freshman, in the in the tournament. No, I was a sophomore. So I'm, I'm a sophomore. This is this is who's on the Notre Dame team: Orlando Woolridge, Kelly Trapuca, Lambeer, Flowers, uh, Hanslick. Fuck! They had like seven or eight guys that that went on to play the in the pros, mm. and I go in and fucking uh, our coach, my 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 good Buddy. friend, Coach Devos says, "Main nameless," and he and and Lamb Beard fucking like got a couple of cheap shots in on uh on our our, our big uh, our our stud Reggie Johnson, and um. I went. He got the ball and turned. I fucking. I mean, I hammered the fuck out of him. And I was a sophomore, and he was a senior. He turned around like he was going to belly up, like like he was going to turn right to, to chest to chest to me. Fucking. I was just like, like, out. Let's go. I'd already punched a fucking guy. My my first or second game, I punched a guy at Tennessee. That was the coach. No, I, I punched a guy when we played San Francisco. And the guy fucking was roughing up the guys. They put me in. I fucking punched a guy in the side of the head underneath the basket. That's one thing about fucking uh, basketball guys. They they fucking do that shit where they get. It's like fuck that man. I'm I'm stumped. You, you get in. You get my space. I just I I've, I've always been taught you can't throw a punch without moving your shoulder. If if that fucking if I see that fight if I see any fucking because if you go to push me that that's gonna go first. And I'm fucking clocking you. And I'm a lefty. So if you see that. I see any movement. Fuck you're that. You're gonna throw. Okay. I'm throwing. Right. That'd be great if you had a if you had a highlight reel with you, you mean knocking here. that motherfucker out. Yeah, that'd been great. You bird, all the greats would have done it. Putting you in with the greats, by the way. Thanks for your for your time in. That uh, was a fucking. That's exactly what I was. That was. I was a fucking hatchet man. David uh, Grzbowski, what's the worst memorabilia item that you hate to sign? There's this fucking creepy little uh, big sexy doll that they made, and it's got like actual. It's like a, it's got pleather uh, little pleather outfit on. It's got a, my my plastic face, but the hair is actual doll hair. Mm. It's like fucking trilogy of terror on the balls <laughs> or on your head. Nah, not on my balls because oh. I fucking now that. So maybe when you roll the pleather down, you get. Cousin It pops out. Never. Always trim your shit. All right. Listen, um, I don't know what JR did on his show this week, but I'm going to guess we covered a lot of topics that he didn't. Um, guys, listen, uh, ask Nash. Hashtag ask Nash. If you want to be a part of the Q&A every week, we are going to take your questions every week. You're part of this show. Listen, another one in the bag. And let me tell in the can, in the bag, whatever. I challenge all you, JR. Bruce, Eric, Conrad, you're going to talk about jacking off this week. We want to hear your techniques, your That's tips. That's right. Everybody's doing it. We're going to reason. navigate the top of the toilet gimmick this week. Click This is a production of Butch and Sundance Media, uh, produced in association with Podcast Heat. Producer Steve Kaufman, graphics by Dominic D'Angelo, title sequence by Wesley Burleson, theme song by Dale Oliver, technical research by Tristan Nash, copyright 2022. Butch and Sundance, Sundance Media. Kev? Want to do another one? Fuck yeah.
If you could change one thing about your home, what would it be? A new kitchen, a new master bath, maybe put in a pool. What if you could do it with no money out of pocket and cheaper monthly payments? SaveWithConrad.com can help, and you can even skip your next two house payments. NMLS number 65084, Equal Housing Lender, SaveWithConrad.com. 